0: Welcome to the Journey of Leadership podcast. I'm your host, Jackson Lawmeyer, and I am so glad that you've joined me today. In this episode, I want to talk to you about becoming the one. I know that things in our personal lives tend to affect our professional lives. And it's very hard to be an effective leader when your marriage and your relationships are literally falling apart because you become drained emotionally and you become exhausted mentally and you literally become depleted physically from all the dysfunction that you're going through. And I know to be a healthy leader, I need to be a leader person first. This month at Sheridan, which is the church I pastor here in Tulsa, I'm doing a series all about relationships. The series is entitled Imperfect Together. A mentor of mine once told me that relationships, they're the very essence of life. You know, we are relational beings created in the image of very relational God. We all need relationships and God recognizes the importance of relationships because he's the one who created us. And although God created relationships as a good thing, one thing that you and I are very good at is messing them up. Some of us, like myself, we've got a PhD in this area of life and we need a lot of grace. And I think truthfully, all of us need to grow a little bit when it comes to our relationships. But before we dive into what I want to share with you today, I want to tell you a really funny story that I heard last week about this new store that opened up in New York City. It's called the New Husband Store. It's where a woman may go and choose a husband of her liking. And among the instructions at the entrance is a description of how the store operates. Uh, You may visit the store only one time. There are six floors, and the attributes of the men increase as the shopper goes up the flights. Uh, there is, however, a catch. You may choose any man from any particular floor that you're on, or you may choose to go up a floor, but you cannot go back down except to exit the building. So this woman goes to the new husband store to find a husband, and uh, she begins to go to the first floor. And on the outside of the first floor, there's a sign that reads, these men have jobs. She goes there and she's blown away because her last boyfriend just didn't have a job. And she's like, wow, these guys have jobs. But she decides to go ahead and check out floor number two. On floor number two, it says, these men have jobs and they love kids. She's like, oh my goodness, that's awesome. Jobs and kids, they love kids. That's amazing. But she decides to go to floor number three, says these men have jobs, they love kids and they are extremely good looking. She says, wow, but she feels compelled to go to the next floor to go to floor four. It says these men have jobs, they love kids, they're drop-dead good-looking, and they help with the housework. She says to herself, oh, mercy me, how can this be? Can this actually be true? But she decides to keep on going. She goes to the fifth floor, and it says these men, they've got jobs, they love kids, they're drop-dead gorgeous, they help with the housework, and... They have a strong romantic streak. They are Mr. Romance. Now, she is extremely tempted to stay on the fifth floor and choose a husband. But she decides, you know, it just keeps getting better and better. So she goes to the final floor, which is the sixth floor. And on the sixth floor, the sign reads this. You are visitor 3,261,496,012 to visit this floor. There are no men on this floor. This floor exists solely as proof that women are just impossible to please. Thank you for shopping at the new husband store. Now, across the street, there is the new wife store. And at the new wife store, the same rules apply. Uh, a man can go in and choose a, li- a wife of his liking, and he can't go down a floor once he's gone up a floor. Well, on floor one of the new wife store, it says that these wives love to have sex. Floor number two says that these wives love to have sex and they have money. Floors three through six have never even been visited. So, the moral of the story is that men and women are definitely different. But I believe at the end of the day, we all want the same thing. We all want to thrive relationally, and we all want to have our needs met internally. We hunger and we thirst for our needs to be taken care of. And we often think that our needs will be met when we get married and when we have a family, or whenever we find success in our business or in our career. And Jimmy Evans, in his book Marriage on the Rock, which is an amazing book. If you've never read it, I'd encourage you to read it. But in that book, Jimmy Evans talks about the four basic needs that every single person has. Uh, The first need is that of acceptance. Uh, We want this badly. We'll even adjust who we are so that people will accept us. We'll put on a mask and pretend to be someone that we're not so people will like us and they'll accept us. And the second need that we all have is that of identity. So many of us struggle with just simply answering who we are. And so we want acceptance. We need to have identity. And thirdly, we need security. Uh, We want to feel safe emotionally, physically, financially, relationally. And if we don't feel safe, this little thing goes off in our brain called fear. And when that happens, uh, we shut down. And counselors will tell you that whenever that fear thing goes off, you'll either fight or you'll flight. And so uh, we want security. And lastly, we want purpose. What on earth am I here for? Uh, without purpose, we just run all over the place like a chicken with our head cut off and we get frustrated. These four needs, acceptance, identity, security, and purpose. Uh, these are things that not only do we want, but we need in order to be healthy healthy. And whole. Remember, to be a healthy leader, you first have to be a healthy person. So, what do we naturally try doing? We try getting our needs met. And there's nothing wrong with trying to get your needs met, there would be something wrong if you weren't trying to get your needs met. Yet problems arise when you try to meet your needs with things and people who were never intended to meet those needs. For example, so many of us, we try to use our career and our business to meet those four different needs. At our career, we can find acceptance and we can find identity. We can find some security and we can find purpose in what we're doing. Others, they'll use their friends and their family. And a lot of times we use our husband or we use our wife uh, to find uh, those four needs in our own life. Some people, though, they'll turn to drugs or sex or money or power to meet those needs. And at the end of the day, uh, none of those things meet our needs. Not anything I just listed. And so the person who tries to use their career or their spouse to meet their needs is no better off than the person who is trying to use sex or drugs to meet those needs, because none of them can meet our deepest, greatest needs. It's absolutely impossible. Only God can meet your greatest needs. That is a bottom line truth. Only he can do it. And when we try to get our husband or our wife, to meet our greatest needs, it not only hurts us, but it also hurts them. Uh, So many times I've put Kendra in an unfair situation by trying to get her to meet my deepest and greatest needs. And it's not fair to her because she doesn't have the capacity, neither the ability to do it. And it only causes friction and tension in our relationship. And it causes dysfunction. And where there's dysfunction, there's unhealthiness. And when you're unhealthy as a person, you become unhealthy as a leader. Only God can meet your deepest needs. Only when you find your acceptance your identity, your security, and your purpose in God, will you ever get your needs truly met on the inside? As long as you look to your husband, your wife, your boyfriend, your girlfriend, your business, your career, drugs, or sex, you're only hurting yourself. Jesus said in the Gospel of John, chapter 6, verse 35, He said that I'm the bread of life, and whoever comes to me will never go hungry, And whoever believes in me will never be thirsty. Some of you all listen to me right now. uh, You're probably a little thirsty. And I'm not talking about the same type of thirsty that Jesus is talking about. And the type of thirsty I'm talking about is the one that shows because you're trying to drink from a different well every other Friday night. And for some reason you wake up on Saturday feeling just as thirsty. For those of you who are over 40, you probably have no idea what thirsty means, but Google can help you out with that. But what I want you to see is that no girl, no guy, nothing can satisfy the hunger and thirst that you have. It doesn't matter how many wells you go to, each time you're going to leave still being thirsty. You see, Jesus offers us something that no man and no woman can, and that is to be healthy and whole internally. But you have to look to Jesus as the source for your greatest needs. Remember, to be a healthy leader, we first need to be healthy people. Therefore, here's my suggestion. It's not about finding the right one to marry or even being married to the perfect one. But instead, it's about becoming the one. So many times I have heard people say, I hope I find the right person to marry. Or I've also heard, oh no. I think I might have married the wrong one. I would say instead of worrying about finding the right one, why don't you become the one and then you will attract the right one? Because like attracts like. Healthy people, they're going to attract healthy people and unhealthy people, they're going to attract unhealthy people. Instead of being consumed with the thought that you married the wrong one, why don't you become the right one and just watch and see what will happen to the one that you think is the wrong one? Become healthy, become whole, and become the one, and you will be amazed at the results in your personal life. And whenever you're thriving personally, you will begin to thrive professionally. It's so easy, though, to look at the problems in our personal lives and try to blame them on the person who is the closest to us. Well, we're always broke because all she does is spend money. And all we do is fight because he's just so rude. You ever heard something similar to that, or maybe you've said something like that? You know, right now, Ashton, our oldest son, is going through a Michael Jackson phase. Uh, He's watching all of Michael Jackson's music videos on YouTube, and throughout the day, he'll be singing a Michael Jackson song, and he'll do a dance move here or there, and some of the moves, we've got to tell him you shouldn't do that because they're not appropriate, but he doesn't know any better. And the other day, Ashton was singing a song uh, that's got some great advice in it, And it's called Man in the Mirror. Instead of blaming all of our problems on those who are closest to us, why don't we just take a second and look in the mirror? The problem in your marriage, problem in your finances, might just look right back at you. Remember, it's not about finding the one or marrying the perfect one. It's about first becoming the one. Now, how do we become the one? How do we become healthy and whole internally? Becoming the one is simply becoming like Jesus. You see, the goal of every married couple, every couple that is dating, is to draw closer together. Every friendship wants to draw closer together to feel more connected, loved, and happy. And so we want to draw closer together because that's just what we desire. That's what we long for. And I've discovered that when Kendra and I draw close to Jesus, we're actually drawing closer together because we're becoming more like Jesus. When I move further away from Jesus, though, I am becoming less like Jesus. And when I become less like Jesus, I'm becoming more like the old Jackson. And the old Jackson was kind of a jerk and he was pretty insensitive and very prideful and quite stubborn and downright poison uh, to be around. And it's very hard for a marriage, a relationship, a friendship to function when someone is dysfunctional like that. Therefore, I know that if Kendra and I are going to have a good marriage, I need to become more like Jesus. It's the only way to thrive and not just barely survive. So how do we become the one? How do we become more like Jesus? How do, how do we become healthy and whole internally? You see, that's a loaded question if you think about it. How do you become more like Jesus? Well, Jesus is God. And how do you become like God who is perfect? I mean, that's tough. But there are several ways in which we become more like him. You see, Jesus became like us 2,000 years ago, so we could become like him. So how do we become like him? There are several different ways, and I'm not going to tap into all those different things. But one of the things I really believe that's important, if we really want to be transformed into his image and into his likeness, is that we begin to take reading our Bibles seriously. Do me a favor real quickly if you're not driving pull out your phone and go to your notes app and honestly write down how often you read your Bible. Sunday morning at your church doesn't count. How often do you read your Bible though? And then underneath that number, I want you to write a different number. So the first number you're writing down is how often do you read your Bible? Once a week, once a day, once a month, so long you can't even remember. Uh, or the second question being how would you rate your relationship with God on a scale of one to ten? One being you don't know him. Uh, Ten being you are him. I would advise don't do ten. But how would you rate your relationship with God? Scale of one to ten. Here's what I'd like for you to see. If that first number of how often you read your Bible will increase, so will that bottom number of how close you think you are with God. And remember, the closer you are to Jesus, the more like Jesus you will become. But statistics tell me that only around 22% of American Christians read their Bible on a regular basis. That means the majority of you listening right now um, are not reading your Bible on a regular basis, and therefore you're not drawing as close to Jesus as you possibly could. It's impossible to to become like Jesus without leaning into his work. And sometimes we get lax and sometimes we get caught up in the busyness of life and we're not as intentional and as focused as we should be. It happens to all of us. But I just really want to encourage you to get in the Bible, to begin reading God's word because it really will transform. You know, C.S. Lewis once said that the enemy will come and put a good book in front of you to distract you from the great book. You know, there's nothing wrong with reading books about the Bible, or there's nothing wrong with reading business books or inspirational books. I, I do all of those things, but we've got to remember which one is the great book, and, and that's God's Word. And I ran into this problem early on as a pastor. I was reading lots of books about the Bible, lots of books about leadership, lots of books about wisdom and finance, and I'd get ready to preach every Sunday. Yet, ironically, throughout the week, I would forget to read the actual Bible. I remember a professor once at Old Roberts University saying, what does it profit you to get A's in all of your courses but to flunk life in the process? Or in my case, what does it profit me to preach great sermons on Sunday yet to flunk life Monday through Saturday? Or what does it profit you to excel at your business and your career yet to flunk life at the same exact time? You see, it's through the Bible that Jesus transforms us into better husbands better wives, better dads, better moms, better business leaders, better employees, better people. It is impossible for you to transform yourself into anything other than a sinner. That's all you can transform yourself into because that's what you are. You don't have the power, but Jesus does. You know, Charles Spurgeon, who was one of the great theologians during the 1800s, he's got one of the most famous quotes about the Bible. He said that if your Bible is falling apart, then your life probably isn't. But if your Bible isn't falling apart, then your life probably is. Let me be so bold to say that if your marriage is falling apart, then your Bible probably is not. But if you'll get in God's Word and allow God's Word to get in you, it will change you and it will transform you and you can become the one. Yeah, but Jackson... I've read the Bible before and nothing's ever happened. My marriage is still falling apart. My finances are horrible and I'm just not happy in life. You know, there was an evangelist named Gypsy Smith who was once talking with a person who told him the same exact thing, that he had read through the Bible cover to cover several times and nothing ever happened to him. Gypsy Smith told the man, Well, how about next time? Let the Bible go through you instead of you going through it and see what happens. I'll promise you, you'll be telling a different story. I think that's so good. If you want to become the one, instead of going through the Bible, why don't you let the Bible go through you? When you do that, you'll become more like Jesus. To be the leader, the husband, the wife, and the parent you want to be, you need to become the one. You need to become more like Jesus. The reason I shared this on this podcast with you today is because I know that we want to thrive professionally. I do. I really do. I know you do as well. Otherwise, you wouldn't be listening to this. But if we're not thriving personally, it's going to hurt us professionally. We're going to be distracted. We're going to be tired. We're going to be exhausted, and we're not going to be the best we can be. So I want to encourage you to seek becoming the one, to become the one in your marriage, to become the one at your job, to become the one in parenting, to become the one as a friend, to become like Jesus. I want to thank you for joining me for this episode of The Journey of Leadership. Be sure to share this on Facebook and Instagram with your friends and family. And I look forward to being with you next time. God bless you.